Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for your company. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations, the overlap of Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. And we pay respects to Elders past, present and hello to any Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander or First Nations people tuning in from wherever you are, whichever lands you are on. And all the lands were stolen and never ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I'm Sally Goldner, I use the pronouns she and her, and welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. Great to have you with us on what is a drizzly um, Sunday afternoon here in Melbourne slash Nam, and um, a great weekend of um, football acknowledging our First Nations people all around the Big Island this weekend as well. Um, On the show today, well, I'll be catching up later in the show with a brand new artist who's put out a brand new single, Leroy McQueen, has put out their single, Stepping Out, and they'll be dropping by the studio. And, well, one thing you can do on a drizzly afternoon, um, if you can just get from one indoors to another, um, this is, anyone would think this was, um, you know, the stars were working or something, because we're here at 3CR in Collingwood, and not far away in Collingwood is the gem. So uh, Leroy's going to drop down here on their way to doing a gig at the gym. It's part of a four-week residency, um, a block, virtually a block or two away. Anyone would think it was planned. So um, I will have Leroy's song and a chat later in the show. But I wanted to do a couple of things first today. Um, first of all, if you want to get in touch with the show, we have modern means of communication. No telegrams are not the bits of paper and certainly not that nasty right-wing app. And the faxes have been consigned to the um, recycling machine bin. We can You can get in touch with us electronically out of the pan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215. Tweet Instagram and Mastodon at Sal Gold said so. And that's the bottom line. And look for posts on my on Facebook, my page, Sally Goldner, and Out of the Pan 3CR, 855 AM Melbourne. Remember, any opinions I express on the show are my own. And we do um, have communications diversity. You can snail mail. Uh, just can't guarantee your response live during the show. P.O. Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. Um, could be some um, just general content warnings today, but nothing specific that I think would come up. And so if you need QLife, which includes Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania, 1-800-184-527, Rainbow Door, 1-800-729-367. And we opened up with Queenie, the end. Lots of great live music around Melbourne, and there's going to be a corker of a gig coming up um, just under three weeks away, Friday the 16th of June, um, the John Curtain, um, with Caitlin Harnett and the Pony Boys, who um, will play their new single next, our Queenie and um, other acts as well. Give you more on that um, as we go through the show. So, um, so much Melbourne's music scene, which was always, of course, legendary, just seems to be really rebounding back now after the obvious um, horrors of the last few years. And I think, if I read rightly, the um, the tote is looking like um, it's going to crack on and uh, roll on us, rock on and boogie on as well. That's what we like to see. But. I've um, got to do some news because, of course, we've had 
lots going on in the last few weeks. And one of the things that is, I think, bothering trans people is often the one-sided coverage. Um, certain news news outlets are, um, will say it can be better or worse by degree. And I, I came across this article um, during the week in the Columbia Journalism Review by Graf Massara, and I'll pop a link to it in the um, podcast links and others, cjr.org, um, forward tab analysis, and it's called The Complexities and Nuances of Transgender Coverage. And I think this is really timely because it just seems there is so much nonsense that people um, who, in I'm going to say, from their perspective, seem to have a problem with, as much as I can say, we have a problem with trans people, but often it's not questioned, it's not really um, balanced journalism. And I know someone who's been on the other side of the mic, who's done media spokesperson roles and still does for um, organisations in the rainbow communities. Um, the double standards at times are appalling. I do remember one um, Melbourne commercial radio station where the producer of the show rang me and said, Presenter X knows your issues but only wants to talk about bathrooms. Uh, you could at least do a pretense at balanced media. Um, and so... That's the sort of thing that happens, and there are ways to deal with that. I'm not going to um, telegraph, be the magician who gives away the secrets on air, um, but um, I really liked this article for what it does um, and some of the questions it puts up. So um, uh, Graf um, writes, what is the science behind gender-affirming care? And then says in brackets, for that matter, what is gender-affirming care? Great question. It's certainly not heaven forbid conversion practice. It's um, not um, pathologizing models. It's informed consent, the same as any other form of medical care could be one could be one answer to that. Which experts and data should you trust, and which voices should you hear? Well, again, the Australian for a long time quoted a paediatrician, John Whitehall, who then one day, out of the blue, without any coercion whatsoever, said, "Well, I've never seen a trans client of any age in my in my practice." Well, how the heck can you be an authority on trans issues? Um, so this is the sort of thing that these people are doing, and we need to check in to their to their credentials. And in terms of the more American context um, of the you know the getting up towards five hundred pieces of legislation across so many states. Who is protected and who is harmed by proposed legislation at what cost? Who should get to decide what a transgender adult or child gets to do with their life or body? Funny how all these libertarians who've gone about it to my freedom start taking away other people's freedoms. Funny about that. Um, they're not, and Graf goes on to say these are not unanswerable questions, um, but too often journalists fail to ask them or examine their, uh, the answers in depth. And I agree with that. I remember it was a Channel 7 program, and I honestly can't remember which one, but credit where it's due, um, where one of the so-called Christian types was saying, um, young people who transition will regret that later in life. And the journalist just said, will regret, and the person said, oh, may, may regret. And that's the sort of prompting we need, yet the anti-trans um, people are never really grilled in that way, and they're never pinned down on answers. For example, does a certain Victorian upper house member, has that person unconditionally condemned Nazism and fascism? Not that hard. Why hasn't a journalist pushed and pushed and pushed? Yet I've been, I know I've been pushed time and again on ridiculous basics like, can you prove you're transgender or can you prove you're cisgender? No, no one even asks that. There's the bias. 
So um, there has been, a, um, going back to Graf's article, um, some great stories on the subject, um, but there's also been missteps, lapses in news judgment, uh, many other things. Um, and um, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, they're also, um, and this is more than just basics of using name in use and pronouns in use and not, say, putting my name um, Sal, um, Sally Goldner in inverted commas or not that anyone knows my previous name, but Fred Goldner, who uses the name Sally, God forbid. And, yeah, I've had other things. I've had, The one that got me a few years ago was on, including from a queer media outlet where I was spokesperson for an organisation to keep it gender neutral. I said, well, we don't use that. I said, but that's my title. Are you rearranging our organisation chart without it? Um, are you running our organisation? And I was patronisingly told, oh, well, we can see what we can do. And so they avoided using it any title at all. And I've been called a spokesman against my will at times, um, so, and which is also, of course, misogynistic. Um, so I really like this article. Let's go further with it. Whose voices are heard and is anyone missing? And I don't want to encourage anyone to read a certain weekend national newspaper here in Australia, but they did this exactly yesterday. They had a report on trans kids and there weren't any trans kids who were happy with their life being quoted. Um, it was parents who felt that they'd lost control and trans kids who the usual regret nonsense, which, of course, research shows as genuine regret is 1% of the population who believe that, who know we are trans and some who may believe. So um, it's got a highlight, um, as this article says, if it's laws restricting access to health care, it should highlight people can personally attest to what those restrictions materially mean. So that makes sense as well, um, is the first um, question. Um, and um, what else does this go on to say? Um, stories that involve children may involve parents. Children may not be able to speak for themselves or there's privacy and safety issues. But um, a parent's experience of gender-affirming care for their child or lack thereof is not a substitute for a conversation with the trans child. Um, so surely you can do that in, you know, by, you know, sort of, you know, using, using a pseudonym or not something like that. So um, it's really, really important that we do that. This article then goes on to say what is framed as normal versus dangerous, normal and dangerous in their individual inverted commas. Um, and so, um, you know, here's a great point. To focus only on the risks imposed by gender-affirming care um, assumes there is no inherent risk to not provide the care to adolescents and, for that matter, to adults. Um, so um, do the potential benefits outweigh the costs? Well, I know without gender-affirming care, physical and psychological, um, heaven forbid, I would not be here. The end. And I think my story is amplified time and again by at least that 99% of trans people who are at least having some degree of life and quality of life. Um, and um, you know, so um, a person's gender identity may be fluid, but puberty... Um, uh, you know, and some people say, oh, well, they'll change their mind. Well, we all go through phases in life. Um, you know, I went through a phase where I thought I was going to be a corporate accountant, and thank God I got some therapy and got past that. Seriously, um, you know, periods of life come to an end. The first, as one of my dear friends and colleagues, Navoza Zin, used to say in training, the first car that you owned when you got your license, and it kept breaking down. Thank God that phase, that phase ended and you got another car um, if you want to drive. So there's all these sorts of things. 
And this article rightly says the horror of gender dysphoria is watching your body develop characteristics that seem alien. So that's, um, you know, sort of what we need to be talking about. Um, is the story proportional is another um, um, sort of a, um, argument that um, Graf comes up with here. Um, you know, it's not always about medical interventions um, as well. You know, so it's not just about medicine, but you still need to socially transition. Um, so that's where these, you know, banning, trying to genocide trans people, and I make no apologies for using that word, is not good yet. You know, has anyone in mainstream media in this country used the word genocide? Because that's what it is. Um, so um, what's the political context is also worth asking. Um, you know, and we've all, there's another good article in the conversation about this, which I'm, if I've got time, I'll get to um, in the next segment. So there's all these things, um, you know, that need to be asked and they're not being asked. You know, are sources being quoted and described accurately? And here's one that is a classic tactic of the anti-trans and anti-queer movement. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics has been firm in its support of gender-affirming care. The American College of Pediatricians calls it an atrocity. They may sound similar, but the former counts 67,000 clinicians, while the latter is a fringe group um, of about 700, 1%, you know, the, the so-called Christian pediatricians. So be careful which one we're looking at and who they represent, and papers, media needs to publish this. Um, would, and here's one that's, you know, I wish it, none of this ever happened. Would this sound bad if it was written about another minority? And I'm not even going to name groups that I can't identify with personally. Um, you know, sort of, um, and be aware of euphemism. Um, so euphemisms, you know, this article quotes, has in inverted commas, a safe space for biological women may seem innocuous, but a safe space for white women would never be printed. So look, really good article. And then finally, does the the article or um, news clip or whatever it is treat trans people as fully human? Um, and so I think that's a really great article. And this is the sort of thing we need. I'm sure if quite a few of our listeners know it, but this is the sort of resources we need and the processes we need to take and our advocates, both tr um, trans and allied, and for that matter, queer and allied, need to be taking these approaches. So, welcome your thoughts on that um, as we go through the show. I'll um, the, the contact means again. Uh, what have we got? We've got um, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, 61456751215, Twitter, Mastodon, and Instagram at Sal Gold Said So, and on Facebook. Um, in the meantime, let's have a track from the new single from Caitlin Harnett and the Pony Boys. And. Um, keeping it in the Western theme. Even cowgirls cry. I'm going off to have a cry. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
Subscribe to 3CR. Where else can you hear radical news, analysis, music and opinions? Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03 9419 8377. Thank you, 3CR. We love you. Tune in to Rainbows Don't Fade with Age on Radio 3CR fortnightly on Mondays at 2 p.m. Rainbows Don't Fade with Age, Melbourne's only show dedicated to all things LGBTI, ageing and aged care. With stories and information to empower and inspire action for all those interested in the health, well-being and visibility of older LGBTI people. One of the now five queer-focused programs on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally is one, and that's what you're listening to at the moment, which first broadcasts noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. You've got In Your Face with James McKenzie, 4 till 5. You've got the crew from Queering the Air from 3 till 4 Sundays. You've got um, the Pacific X crew on Saturday afternoons at 2.30. And now rainbows don't fade with age. We've, We've got it all covered here. Um, we just heard from Caitlin Harnett and the Pony Boys, their great new single, Even Cowgirls Cry, and um, great, um, looking forward to hopefully seeing them in a few weeks' time, um, Friday, June 16th at the Curtain, along with Queenie and others. Um, and um, I love the way the alt country in that um, saxophone with Billy Ward, as well as the great crew from um, Caitlin Harnett and the Pony Boys. Um, Caitlin Harnett on vocals and guitar. You've got um, Sam Montague on guitar, Nick Ryan on bass, and Josh Pil- Pilts on drums, um, and also um, other perfor- and oh sorry, um, piano, acoustic guitar. Um, Jordan Island. Um, so yeah, what a great um, piece of um, music there. Now we've had a message in. Hello to Jenny. Um, um, enjoying the show, can we please discuss what's going on with Stan Grant and our media landscape that sadly includes community radio and progressive circles too. Racism is prevalent in queer circles and what can we do to have diverse voices across all mediums? This issue is a sad indictment of how management and institutional racism still exists. Well, yeah, first of all, um, look, the racism's abhorrent, as is any form of We'll say whether you call it, um, Ike is broad term negativity to cover discrimination, harassment, vilification, those sorts of things, not on. And the th- thought that struck me during the week on the Stan Grant thing was I wonder if someone who was neither Aboriginal nor Torres Strait Islander, white, Anglo Saxon, and made the same comments, whether there'd be um, the same degree of backlash. Obviously, there wouldn't be racism, but, um, you know, it has. Um, been, you know, appalling. And it's just about, you know, to me, I, I just try, we all, you know, I say this a fair bit on the show, we all have um, blocks and unconscious bias, things that we might not um, see um, stop us from treating people, we'll say, with true equity and justice, but we can overcome those blocks. And, you know, certainly we don't need the sort of outright destructive negativity that we've seen against Stan. Um, community radio, um, well, 
you know, I'm, I'd be fit. You know, I'm sure community radio has its shortcomings. There's, uh, was, I've heard of, I'll say, incidents of massive transphobic vilification on community radio. Um, and I have to say that on another station, and I'll say not 3CR and not Joy, about 12 months ago I complained and I asked to be my, my and I should have had my details kept confidential and somehow the um, programmers who I'd complained about found out who I was and said some pretty crap things about me on social media. Um, so yeah, community radio has its hypocrisies um, without question. That's a fair point. Um, and we can all you know stop that and we can all just keep learning and listening, I think is um, um, an issue. Racism is prevalent in queer circles. Um, I, you know, look, it's certainly there. I think there's been more efforts to tackle it in recent years, Jenny. Um, you know, I wasn't, didn't feel like that long ago, and I, I'm really reluctant to re- repeat the specifics, but I know I'm mentioning James on, um, you know, In Your Face, who um, takes, as a gay man, would focus more on these issues. A lot of gay, well, predominantly gay male um, apps and dating sites, there were lots of racist um, remarks made that were simply or in profiles that were not appropriate. And so, yes, that's certainly been there. I think I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert on being a gay man, because I'm not, but I believe that we're, um, you know, that I think the overall the rainbow communities are trying to make an effort. There's been great work done by Switchboard and their Cutie Pock um, project, Drummond Street Services Queer Space, I think, are trying um, are good on diversity as well. And, you know, in the end, the others who are not doing so well do have to catch themselves up. And um, I wasn't quite sure in your last sentence there, Jen, management and institutional racism, but I think, I think, and I'm going to take a guess, please zap back in and correct me if I'm, I haven't got this right. I think that, you know, it's the old story that, I hate this, this language, but the higher up you go, the more... Um, you know, institutionalise the prejudice and discrimination of all sorts, whether it's racism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, sexism slash misogynism is institutionalised. And I certainly have found that in my involvement in queer communities. And I think also one of the problems we have is when you bring in what I'll call the worst aspects of corporate um, management into community settings, it's a recipe for disaster because those um, sort of people... I, I used to have this on when I was on the boards of not-for-profits. You'd have people come in with the, from a business sector and they'd almost literally thump the desk and go, we should run this like a business. Well, community is not a business. And my theory is that when you've got traumatised people and you come in with people with that sort of power over hierarchical toxic masculinity attitude, and remember, any person of any sex or gender can do toxic masculinity and goodness knows I've seen some queer women in our communities do it. Um, I think that's part of the problem. So I think there's a, a number of asp- ways you could look at it. I think you've certainly raised a great point. But sticking back to racism, I mean, it is just, you know, it is all our jobs to try to keep, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, just it's about lifting each other. You know, we, and I th- you know, I think we're seeing a bit of that at the moment, that many Aboriginal people supported the Yes campaign in the Postal Survey. Well, now it's time for the queer communities to say to support The Voice. Um, you know, it could be, could be one thing we can do, but it is just, I think it's day to day. I mean, yes, the political and legislative reform is part of it, but just if you, see, you know, if you see it and you hear it, you've got to try to, well, you know, first preference for me 
is to try to call in, but sometimes you can't, and sometimes you've got to call it out. Um, and, you know, just how we treat people on a day-to-day basis and being willing to learn, I just think, are so important. But, um, yeah, we also do need um, upper management to do change, and, you know, it's harder when people have um, views that have deep roots. Sometimes they can be harder to uproot. Well, maybe we've just got to put the spade in deeper and dig harder and dig them out. There's some thoughts anyway. Welcome thoughts from other listeners. What do you think about um, what Jenny's raised? I think it's a it's a great point. Um, love your thoughts. Um, let's have them in on all the means of communication. In the mean meantime, pun not really planned, but we went with it anyway, because that's what we do on this show. Um, here's a track from an artist who got passed on to me by our fabulous music coordinator here, Joe. Um, and it's by an art, a, a band called Sin City, or artist called Sin City, and I decided to play this track off there, um, the four tracks I got sent, and the main track is Love Comes in Waves, but I decided to play this one, it kind of seemed appropriate, it's called The Fringes of Life, 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. And we just heard from the fringe, um, Sin City and the Fringes of Life from Love Comes in Waves, which um, the music comes in waves as well. Um, and Sin City has a 70s-tinged brand of rock and roll, although very countryish there, and that was recorded over in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So um, some great mu- music there. There's just, as I say, I'm not the biggest music head, and this is not a music show, but it just seems to be music of all sorts bouncing around Melbourne and surrounds at the moment after the obvious issues of 2020 and 21. And it's great to see and see so many musos out there and getting a chance to strut their stuff. Um, And um, um, we'll... um, May they all keep playing. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to dig out another article um, for um, at this point in the show, if I can find it. Um, And this is... um, There's been a good um, theme on this where whereby the um, um, NBC News in America has um, done some analysis, and just to show that commercial media can um, put both sides of the coin across at times. Um, And, um, yeah, I'll come back to your... um, Actually, I'll do your email first, because it's going to flow better, actually, Jenny. Um, Ida Buttrose, and going on radio and being unaware of Stan Grant's issues, I was shocked... And there needs to be more diversity than the same Anglo management that has no lived experiences. It was discussed on Insiders this morning. Um, refreshing to see journalists being so open and acknowledging the still very white media landscape. Um, disapp- disappointing seeing the all-white panels at Chill Out, which is problematic too. We can do better. Um, let's go through that point by point. Ida Bartros, this was the person who, and I dug this article out, five years ago was going on about, oh, you know, how... She, you know, she, in the days with Kerry Packer, she just had a laugh about everything. And now she suddenly um, comes along and says, oh, what's happened to Stan is terrible and the culture of the ABC needs improving or whatever it is. Um, no, idea. You're, you're having an each-way bet there. I, I'm sorry. And I have to say this, this um, issue of um, Ida Buttrose's you know, anti-politically correct approach came up at the time of a LGBTI seniors conference and she was a guest and everyone's going, oh no, we'd better be polite and we'll grovel. And I, I had to shut my mouth. And frankly, I think we should have tackled her on it. Um, and maybe, you know, we could have. And I think um, we've got too many people with internalised self-loathing in positions of power in rainbow communities who lack the empathy and the guts to stand up um, properly. Unfortunately, they push out the people with the guts because of their own internalised self-loathing by misuse of power. That's another story for another time. Um, anyway, so yeah, look, people like Ida Bartros, many others, um, I, I, you know, I mean, she's been the example in the news, but I don't think she's alone by any sense. Um, needs to be more diversity um, than the same Anglo management. Now, this is a thing that comes up often. I mean, I remember once this was discussed about um, representation at the grassroots of football. Yeah, you can have, say, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people playing, but where are the umpires, the you know the administrators, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? It's got to be everyone. It's got to be length, depth, and breadth of a you know of a setting, whether it's a an organisation, a health service, a football code, whatever it is. Um, certainly need to do that. So we've got to do a little bit of fast-tracking because um, we can't wait another, say, 10, 25 years to get that diversity in there now. 
So we've got to start doing that. And I think one of the problems, um, I'll div- you know, digress a little on this one, is that um, you know, we have a situation where human um, diversity is often pop- pop- popped into human resources um, departments or, or people and culture as they're called. The problem is a lot of the people in that are five-year postgrads and, you know, look, acknowledging privilege, it says something that a lot of people who say, yeah, a lot of the people who head up human resources departments are white, cisgender, heterosexual women. Well, okay, they've ticked, I don't want to say ticked one box, there's one aspect of diversity, but we need more. So one of the things that people adv- need, we need to advocate more is diversity and inclusion to get the lived expertise in and making sure management are willing to listen um, needs to be a separate department from human resources. Um, good to hear about insiders. Uh, I was probably still a little drowsy this morning. Uh, maybe missed that one, Jenny. Um, all white panels at chill out. Um, yep. Well, um, I'll take that on the chin. That as one of the ambassadors, um, I'll I'll get that feedback through to chill out and get that one um, moving next year. Um, and we can, you know, sort of do, um, do better on that and, um, keep bringing people into the networks. Um, and, um, Jenny's come in with another message. Um, a friend of mine worked at a community station, we'll just say somewhere in Melbourne, um, despite the nice diversity of the presenters, blokey male who let's say was out of touch with crew shoes and thought his jokes on ethnic stereotypes were funny. Uh, yeah, yep, no. I'm I'm with you, Jenny. Um, I'll just say it was two older cisgender heterosexual males I had the run-in at that other community station um, within, we'll say, the Melbourne metropolitan area, um, and um, it was not pleasant. And, you know, look, there are... I don't like to generalise. There are some wonderful older cisgender men, um, including cisgender heterosexual men, who are quite um, friendly and are quite fair. And I don't like to generalise, but um, you know, certainly that is possibly proportionately a demographic that needs work, where people, I mean, it's this old story where people have not looked at their privilege enough, then they're, um, they're sort of not, um, you know, because they've never had to, they're not going to, and it's why we need that range of diversity. So thanks for your um, comments, Jenny. As always, welcome um, constructive, thoughtful comments on the show, and Jenny always puts them in there. Thanks for being an awesome listener. Um, and uh, keeping an eye on things, um, I want to come back to this article. So the one, yeah, I started to talk about the one from NBC News, and you know, there's... Um, um, this is a really good article, and then it, because it talks about how the bills don't, the bills that are being put forward in the U.S. legislature, and the same mentalities are trying to at least come through here in so-called Australia, are not really grassroots concerns or people who are really concerned about this. In my worst imitation of a shock jock voice, um, it comes from a model bill um, from a, ha- a handful of conservative interest groups. And often, you know, these groups are very, very, you know, sort of interconnected. Um, and, um, you know, there's false narratives based on distorted science, to use the words of this article. And um, and um, the, 
conservative group Do No Harm and the Family Research Council. Um, and I, th- I almost feel like saying sick after each of those, SIC, some might say throw up SICK. Um, and um, often these bills are just copied everywhere, so they're not really coming from anywhere else and um, um, from you know the public. And I would agree with that. Um, you know, there's numerous polls here in Australia that show the vast majority of Australians are not supportive of the extreme views of some a certain small number of prominent, loud anti-trans politicians, um, or their views of why is trans being debated? We've got other things that should be taking space in the media, whether it's cost of living or environment or the voice or those sorts of things, and they certainly shouldn't be debated in this way. And there's also been um, pieces on how the far right um, have jumped on the um, sort of tra- on the trans issue because they knew they couldn't try anything else, so they've got their way in, and unfortunately they are pushing their way back on sexuality and on abortion and other things as well. So, um, yeah, this is what these people are about. Um, and, you know, it's the old saying, often enough people believe, some people will believe it. But I also think that, as the saying goes, um, you can fool some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool a lot of the people all of the time. And I still believe that um, what the stupidities that happened in the middle of March in Melbourne on the steps of Parliament with people with bad sun hats on, I think they the majority of Australians sort of had a bit of a shock. We now need those Australians to just do that little bit of effort. I know people have busy lives, say it a lot. We need you to write to politicians and support trans people. It's not good enough to just condemn Nazism, and that's where we're falling through. So, um, yeah, I'll pop the artic- the link to this article from NBC in as well. There's plenty out there. The Conversations had a couple of good articles. Also, I want to give a tag in, if I can use last week's wrestling language. Cam Wilson from Crikey has been a really good ally on these issues as well. Um, but we also need to keep pressing our, fer- as I call it, the feral government to do things as well. Anyway, my guest is here, so I'm going to play their song get them in and we'll finish the show I'm on a mus- musical note said the person who likes country and western let's see if I can get the um, track to play uh-huh. technology at its brilliant best uh-huh. Da-da. Da-da. live radio listeners of all genders and having a technical hitch not. VCR 855M etc I've been boxed into a 
get my demons out I'll wear my feelings like a pen Right here upon my sleeve I'll be on the road Chasing down the sun Hell be on the rain clouds And the weight is piling lips I'll be on the road Chasing down the sun Hell be on the rain clouds And the weight is piling lifted Oh my Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot org dot AU three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon and we just heard from Leroy McQueen and new single stepping out and I'm joined in the studio for a quick chat by Leroy McQueen Hello, welcome to three CR how are you thanks so much for having me an absolute pleasure um, it all worked out in a very geographical sense, because you've popped by for a chat before you head a block or two away um, down to the gem yeah, bar this perfect. afternoon. I had to come down this way anyway, but I'm very, very uh, stoked to be on air with you. Thank you very much. We just heard your, your latest single, Stepping Out. It's a beautiful song. Um, we haven't, I wish we had, to quote Marty and Doc, if only we had more time. Um, tell us quickly about it, because it's a very personal and powerful it song, is. isn't it? Yes. Um, I, I've struggled with my gender identity mm. most of my life um, um, and sort of found it, sort of gone through everything, like, am I gay? Am I trans? Am I, I've just gone through like a constant loop my whole yep. kind of life. But I've been blessed to have um, such an amazing partner in Kat who's been in my life for nearly 17 years now. Oh. Um, and just read an article one day on non-binary um, and completely changed my life forever and was the first time I ever felt comfortable in my own skin um, and literally was sitting on the couch with my guitar and just sort of started pretty much as long as that song goes for is how long it took to write. Like it sort of just poured out um, on the spot in that moment. And the, I just, yeah, it's, it's a song, very deeply personal song for me, but it's also putting it out in the world for anyone else that might be going through something similar um, that, you know, eventually you'll find you're in a circle or um, 
you know, friends around you and you, you can at some point in your life feel comfortable enough to step out and, you know, be yourself and you'll find so much more happiness from that point forth. Um, yeah, so hopefully the song, um, it, it's done wonders for me and hopefully now that it's out in the world it'll help a lot of other people out too. Oh, look, the... Well, there's the old saying, you can't be what you can't see, but you also, well, maybe it doesn't rhyme as well, but you can't be what you can't hear yeah. um, in that sense. And I think that the more information we get out there, the better. Um, so, I mean, I think that the personal, authentic, heartfelt nature of the song is really cool. I, and we didn't have a lot of time before you came in, but I'm going to ask a question which you don't have to answer if you don't want to, and that is may I ask how old you are? Uh, I'm 35. So you had years and years without the right term that sort of was that light bulb moment. Yeah. 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 No, look, I thought, you know, I mean, as someone who's older and didn't have any terms until 29, I understand, but I sort of, it's still sort of hard to believe some days that in this day and age of internet, it can take so long to find that specific term and go click. Um, Yes. But I'm really glad that you have. Um, Yes. I imagine it must have unlocked your mind a bit now that you're, and you're probably writing and playing more and better. There was definitely like um, a sense of like anger, and I definitely always had my guard up as well, mm. like, uh, you know, going out or playing shows. Um, and it used to make me feel a lot sadder by sort of hiding the flamboyant sort of person I am too. Like, I've toured America for like nearly a solid four years in the past, and there were certain states and certain places that I would just kind of butch up my look and mm. and sort of succumb to them, which now looking back was making me a lot more miserable yep. than just, just going at it head first and going, this is Leroy McQueen, this is who I am. And now that I am that, that's why I'm so happy and um, and just, yeah, like it's, you know, especially in this genre of music too, I feel like it's very important to be your authentic self Um for so many reasons now, like especially what's happening in the United States. Mm. Um, and, you know, this genre has its claws in some places that are, you know, a little bit scary for a queer person to sort of, you know, be their authentic self. So, yeah, I feel like more than ever that song was written, you know, a, a, a while before the the uh, alt-right got sort of hung up and put themselves on a loop about transphobia and dragphobia mm-hmm. and... Like it's just it's just kind of disgusting to wake up every morning and just read another article about something else. But like I said during my show, like since the dawn of time, love has always won. Um, it's just they've got their knickers in a knot at the moment about they're just punching down, you know, on a yep. on a community that is a small community, you know, and that's what these people they're just bullies. Yes, yeah, they're just bullies with power, and I just know in my heart, you know. Um, love will prevail and they'll just be a distant memory well that's the thing it's it's loud and it's shrill at the moment but i agree with you that love will win through um and we will we will you know sort of rise rise above hate um and go yes, from there absolutely um look i wish we had again i wish we had more time we can do it, it again let's do an extended we, we can do it, it again. Do the extended country dance mix um down the track somewhere yes, for that sure would be great i um, really appreciate you having me yeah, no, glad we have. So once again, um, you're, you're, it's part of a four-week residency. Um, this is week number two down at the Gem Bar on Wellington yes. Street, and three o'clock. Anywhere I play is a queer safe space too. Well, I try and I try and make it that as much as I physically can. So yep, oh for sure. Well, I'll um, get the podcast up, um, have a breather, and then be down there for three o'clock um, um, because I need a, 
a beverage um, we for medicinal purposes. Yes. Um, and I've had a bit of a croak this week, but I got through. Good um, stuff. Better wrap it up there, um, Leroy. Thanks for dropping by. Let's so do that extended me. conversation. Thanks, Jenny, for all your messages. And I've noted them. We'll come back to them. And, yeah, it's how we get more diverse um, voices. You can't be what you can't see and hear. Take it out today with just a little bit of um, some old-fashioned bluegrass and um, a track from a classic 1975 album by Alden in the Way. This song's called Panama Red. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Gonda. Thanks to Leroy McQueen for dropping Thank by. You. Catch you next week. Hey, Pedro, you're acting crazy like a clown.